This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Wandered so aimless, life filled with sin. I wouldn't let my dear Savior in. Then Jesus came like a stranger in the night. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. I saw the light, I saw the light. No more darkness, no more night. Just now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. Just like a blind man, I back his side. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. I saw the light, I saw the light. No more darkness, no more night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside. Praise the Lord, I saw
just a few more weary days and then I'll fly away to a home where joy shall never end. I'll fly away. I'll fly away. Oh, glory. I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. Oh, how glad and happy when we meet. No more cold iron shackles on my feet I'll fly away I'll fly away Oh glory I'll fly away In the morning When I die Hallelujah by and by I'll fly away Yes when This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. In God's time, one day is like a thousand, and a thousand days are like one. Let us embrace the moment in which we find ourselves and praise our God for its beauty. Welcome to worship, good neighbors. You are listening to a Neighbors United in Christ Parish Worship Service, sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Duranda, Little Falls and Trinity. My name is Lauren Taig, and thanks today to Jim Haugerud and Debbie Taig, our musicians, Eileen Flatten, our reader and provider of the children's message, and our recording engineer is Isaac Christensen. You are able to join us by NUIC podcast and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning on WPCA Radio 93.1 FM and its live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, and through our website at www. NUICparish.org. This week we celebrate uh, Viola Howard's 98th birthday and Debbie Elmer's birthday all on the same day. And so this radio broadcast is sponsored by the Elmer family in honor of them. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by the Elmer family, and we want to thank the WPCA radio for this broadcast. Next Sunday we'll be at Duranda Lutheran and at uh, 9.30, and at 10.30, Duranda will be holding its semi-annual meeting, so we encourage everyone to make it to that meeting. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. Even when we are not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time, worshiping in Jesus' name, 
Your present location is the church. We will be having communion later, so if you want to gather wine or grape juice or bread or wafer, uh, that would be great so that you're ready for it when it comes at that time. And you may want to have a cloth to lay before you, a candle and a cross to enhance or make a small worship space to enhance your at-home worship. You may also want to have a Bible so you can read along with the scripture readings. As we begin worship, it is our desire to honor God, to open our hearts to the spirit of God's love and presence and begin with the invocation. Dedicating this hour in the, to the presence and purposes of God, we worship together with God the Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Spirit, our breath of life. We'll continue with the confession and forgiveness of sins. We confess our sins before God and one another. Reconciling God, we bring our lives before you, knowing that we have not lived as your faithful people. We have been petty. We have complained about our lot. We have been unsupportive of those who needed us. And we have doubted your faithfulness. We ask your forgiveness and long to be restored by your grace. Amen. God is indeed faithful, all-knowing, and all-merciful. We are pardoned, and we are reconciled by the one who never stopped loving us, no matter our mood or our behavior. Thanks be to God. Amen. We'll continue with our gathering songs. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus, sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. When we all, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. While we walk the pilgrim pathway, clouds will overspread the sky. But when traveling days are over, not a shadow, not a sign. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Onward to the prize before us, soon his beauty we'll behold. Soon the pearly gates will open, we shall tread the streets of gold. When we all, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all, when we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Let us then be true and faithful, trusting, serving every day. Just one glimpse of Him in glory will the toils of life repay. When we 
When we are alone, sweet Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. When we are alone, sweet Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. I was standing by my window on one cold and cloudy day when I saw that hearse come rolling for to carry my mother away. Will the circle be unbroken? In the sky, Lord. 
continue with the litany. We wait, O God, we wait for your coming. We wait for your justice. We wait for your everlasting reign. Sustain us in our waiting. Encourage us when we do not see. Draw us ever closer to you that we might be ready for that glorious day when all that is passes away and all that will be now and forever begins. Gracious God, we often find ourselves impatient, asking when your justice will be done on earth, when we will know the peace of your reign, when all will be complete in you. Remind us that you are to be found in every moment of our lives, every moment of time itself, and give us good courage to continue working tirelessly with you to bring about your reign each day. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. We'll continue with the readings of the scriptures and the children's sermon. First reading is from 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 10 and 17 through 18. This is now, beloved, the second letter I am writing to you. In them, I am trying to arouse your sincere intention by reminding you that you should remember the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior spoken through your apostles. First of all, you must understand this, that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and indulging their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since our ancestors died, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. They deliberately ignore this fact that by the word of God, heavens existed long ago and on earth was formed out of water and by means of water through which the world of that time was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the, heavens, the present heavens and earth have been reserved for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and the destruction of the godless. But do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and everything that is done on it will be disclosed. You, therefore, beloved, since you are forewarned, beware that you are not carried away with the error of the lawless and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. The second reading is from Matthew chapter 24, verses 42 through 44. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have left his house be broken into. Therefore, you must also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. So good morning, boys and girls. It's now time for the children's message, and as I like to say, for all of us who are still children at heart. Did you notice that both of the readings are about time and waiting? 
Do you know how to tell time? When I was a child in school, one of the things that the teacher taught us was how to tell time. We had a big cardboard clock which would allow the teacher to move the hands so we could learn to tell time. The small hand on the clock tells you the hour and the big hand tells you the minute. Do you know how to tell time using a clock like that? If the big hand is on the 12 and the little hand is on the 4, what time is it? It's 4 o'clock. Most of us don't use a clock like that anymore. Most of us use a digital clock. A digital clock tells you both the hour and the minutes using numbers, such as 11.15. That's much easier, isn't it? No matter what kind of clock we use, most of us look at it many times each day to check to see what time it is. Suppose your best friend was to pick you up at 2 o'clock to go to a movie. First, you would make sure you were dressed and ready to go, and then as the time drew near, you would be waiting and watching for your friend to come. If you know how to tell time, you would probably check the clock every few minutes to see if it was time for your friend to be there. If you don't know how to tell time, you might be asking your mom, is it two o'clock yet? Jesus told us that he would come again, but he didn't tell us what time he would be here. In fact, he said, no one knows the day or the hour when I will return. Only the Father knows. That is why we must be ready. I will come at a time when you least expect it. Wow, if we didn't know when he's coming, how are we possibly supposed to get ready? By doing the things that Jesus would want us to be doing. We should love one another, care for the sick, feed the hungry, and help the poor. If we are doing those things, we will be ready when he comes. So instead of thinking about what we want or what we can get, we should be thinking about what we can give. So could you please bow your head, fold your hands, and join me in prayer. Dear Jesus, we look forward to the day when you return. Help us to live in such a way that we will be ready when you come. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so rich and free. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so rich and free. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. One of the things that we're working on at our parish is that uh, we want everyone in our parish to be prayed for once a week. And so we've worked on putting together a prayer team. And so prayer is one of the strong emphases that we're putting out. And in, uh, this doesn't go along with the gospel text, but just as a, a reminder of how important prayer is, but also how important a person is. It's called Significance, and it's by Joni Erickson Tata, who uh, was paralyzed uh, and has been a speaker at many places. But she's talking about another lady 
who every morning Connie opens Diane's door to begin a long routine of exercising and bathing her severely paralyzed friend. The sun's rays slant through the blinds, washing the room in a soft golden glow. The folds of the covers haven't moved since Connie pulled them up around Diane the night before. Yet she can tell her friend has been awake for a while. Are you ready to get up yet? No, not yet, comes the weak reply from under the covers. Connie sighs, smiles, and clicks shut the door. The story is the same each dawn of every day, new day, at Connie and Diane's apartment. The routine rarely changes. Sunrises, sunrise stretches into mid-morning by the time Diane is ready to sit up in her wheelchair. But those long hours in bed are significant. In her quiet sanctuary, Diane turns her head slightly on the pillow toward the corkboard on the wall. Her eyes scan each thumbtack card and list, each photo, every torn piece of paper carefully pinned in a row. The stillness is broken as Diane begins to murmur. She is praying. Some would look at Diane, stiff and motionless, and shake their heads. She has to be fed everything, pushed everywhere. The creeping limitations of multiple sclerosis encroach further each year. Her fingers are curled and rigid. Her voice is barely a whisper. People might look at her and say, what a shame. Her life has no meaning. She can't really do anything. But Diane is confident, convinced her life is significant. Her labor of prayer counts. She moves mountains that blocks the paths of missionaries. She helps open the eyes of the spiritually blind in Southeast Asia. She pushes back the kingdom of darkness that blackens the alleys and streets of the gangs in East LA. She aids the homeless mothers, single parents, abused children, despondent teenagers, handicapped boys, and dying forgotten old people in a nursing home down the street where she lives. Diane is on the front lines advancing the gospel of Christ holding up weak saints, inspiring doubting believers, energizing other prayer warriors, and delighting her Lord and Savior. This meek and quiet woman sees her place in the world. It doesn't matter that others might not recognize her significance in the grand scheme of things. In fact, she's not unlike Emily in our town who signs her address as Grover's Corner, New Hampshire, United States of America, Western Hemisphere, Planet Earth, Solar System, the Universe, the Mind of God. In the Mind of God, that's about as significant as you can get. Whether you sit at a typewriter behind the wheel of a bus, at the desk in a classroom, in a chair by your kitchen table, or lay in bed and pray. Your life is hidden with Christ. You enrich his inheritance. You are his ambassador. In him, your life has depth and meaning and purpose, no matter what you do. Someone has said, the point of this life is to become the person God can love perfectly, to satisfy his thirst to love. Being, being counts more than doing, the singer more than the song. We had better stop looking for escape hatches, for this is our, our hatchery. It's my prayer that you will discover the significance that has been yours all along as a child of the King. 
You may not be able to know the full meaning of every event, but you can know that every event is meaningful and that you are significant. Well, anyway, the text today is kind of an interesting one in that we're talking about being ready, not knowing. And as you know, and I know, that there have been people talking about Jesus' second coming. For many, it's, uh, they kind of smile, laugh at it, and say, well, it's been over 2,000 years. For others, they've tried to redefine it. And for others, they've tried to set the date in which he will come. So I probably would call this kind of, if you remember the old movie, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, uh, we're going to start with the kind of the bad and ugly. Because what is it that you want? What do you fear about Christ coming again? Is it the end of all things, the end of all ages? Is it the wars? Is it the fact that the environment will be torn apart, that one-third of the trees will be gone? Uh, the waters will be polluted, that there'll be wars and rumors of wars, natural disasters. Huh, that sounds a little bit like today, doesn't it? But there's that fear, isn't there? And then there's those who have talked about the rapture, where two will be in an airplane and one will be gone and one will stay. Or two will be in the field and one will be gone and one will stay. And so all of a sudden you wonder, am I going to be gone or am I not? And there's one pastor kind of smiled when he, he was talking about this in our text study. He said, yeah, every once in a while I, I get somewhere and there's supposed to be two people, only one shows up. I wonder, are we the two that are left and the other one was raptured? We've heard the stories of uh, Left Behind, the books, uh, the songs, Are You Ready, from the 60s and 70s. And they became bestsellers and were talked about, and people really spent time with it. At camp, we had counselors who got tied up in this whole thing of Christ coming again. And it was almost like they relished the disasters that were going to happen. And this will all happen before Christ comes. But if we look at what Revelation and what Jesus is saying, and what Eileen uh, puts so well, is that we wait. We do the things that we're called to do. And it becomes the good, doing the things that God wants us to be involved with. Chuck Swindoll talks about when he was thinking about it, uh, he talks about how critics have denied it, cynics have laughed at the second coming of Christ, scholars have ignored it, liberal theologians have explained it away, they call it rethinking it, and fanatics have perverted it. Where is the promise of his coming? Many still shout sarcastically. The return of our Savior will continue to be attacked and misused and denied. But there it stands, solid as a stone, offering us hope and encouragement amidst despair and unbelief. Okay, so what do we do in the meantime? Well, first it must be, it might be best for you to understand you don't do you don't sit around listening for some bugle call or looking to the rapture cloud. You don't quit work and you don't try to set the date because the signs of the times are so obvious. You get your act together. You do live every day as if it was your last for his glory. You do work diligently on your job and in your home as if he isn't coming for another 10 years for his namesake. 
you do shake salt at every chance you get and you do shine the light and remain balanced, cheerful, winsome, and stable, anticipating his return day by day. I think of Revelation 21 and 22 where it speaks about God coming and his presence is with his people. I long for the day there's no more tears, no more sickness, no more death, but where there'll be a new heaven and a new earth where all is made right. That is what Revelation is about. That is the kind of thing that we look forward to. As I deal with some of the older folks in our congregation and those that I've known over the years, those who know Jesus don't, don't get afraid of death. They come to a point where they look forward to it, understanding that God's way is what's really important. And sometimes it doesn't always go the way we want, but there was a missionary who'd worked for 40 years in Africa, a missionary doctor. He'd spent time healing people. He was uh, quite the person, but he was finally had retired and was heading home. He had let people know, and he was kind of hoping there'd be a great celebration, because after all, he'd been gone for 40 years. So on the boat, as it pulled up to shore, the old man's heart swelled with pride as he saw the homecoming that had been prepared. A great crowd of people had gathered, and there was a huge banner saying, Welcome home! As the man stepped off the ship into the dock and awaited a great ovation, his heart sunk. Suddenly he realized the people had not gathered to pay tribute to him, but to a movie star who had been aboard the same ship. He waited in anguish with his heart breaking. No one had come home to welcome him. As the crowd dispersed, the old man was waiting alone. Tilting his face heavenward, he spoke these words, Oh God, after giving all these years of my life to my fellow man, was it too much to ask that one person, just one person, be here to welcome me home? In the quietness of his heart, he seemed to hear the voice of God whisper to him, You're not home yet. When you come home to me, you will be welcomed. And everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or children, or fields, for my sake, will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. That's one of the things that we need to keep remembering. God is coming for us. I kind of smiled when I read Max Licato's The Applause of Heaven. You'll be home soon, too. You may not have noticed it, but you are closer to home than ever before. Each moment is a step taken, each breath a page turned, each day is a mile marked, um, mountain climbed, and you are closer to home than you've ever been. Before you know it, your appointed arrival time will come. You'll descend the ramp and enter the city. You'll see faces that are waiting for you. You'll hear your name spoken by those who love you. And maybe, just maybe, in the back, behind the crowds, the one who would rather die than live without you will remove his pierced hands from his heavenly robe and applaud. Isn't that a neat way to think about it, that God is excited to see us? 
There's also the one I've shared before, but it's one that has touched my heart over and over again, and I have to admit, as I was reading these stories earlier today, trying to prepare for this, some of these started to touch pretty close to home, and tears came to my eyes. And this one in particular has been one by Ellis Gray. Laurel knew she was dying. Over the weeks, we often talked about heaven, what it would look like and how it would be to live there. It seemed we always ended up crying and then holding each other tight in gentle hugs of hope. The hardest part was trying to imagine something we had never seen, something at which we knew only a little. And then I remembered this story. The young girl with the blonde hair and deep blue eyes had been blind since birth. When she was 12, the doctors were able to perform a new type of surgery that, if successful, would give her the gift of sight. The outcome would not be known for several days. After the bandages were removed, her eyes had to be protected from the light. So she sat in darkness, waiting. The mother spent long hours answering her daughter's questions about what things looked like and what she should expect. They were both so excited about the possibility of being able to see that neither of them slept much. Over and over, even in the darkness, they talked about every lovely thing they could imagine. Color, shapes, beauty of every kind. And then, finally, the moment came when the young girl's eyes could endure enough light for her to look out the window. She stood there for a long time without saying a word. Outside, the spring day was ideal bright and warm with fluffy white clouds decorating the blue sky. Lacy blossoms sprinkled to the ground like pink snow as soft breezes stirred the cherry trees. Yellow crocuses proudly lined the brick walkway that, would, uh, that wound across the grass. When the girl turned back to her mother, tears were streaming down her cheeks. Oh, mother, why didn't you tell me it would be so beautiful? She shared this story with her friend, tears filling her own eyes. Laurel, right now we are sitting in the darkness, but before long, you'll be asking God that same question. Well, why did you tell us it was going to be so beautiful? We can't always imagine what God is going to do because it's always better than we think. It's a lot different sometimes, but it's always better. We will, when Jesus comes again, get to know Jesus even better. Now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. We will be at a place where love will reign where we will be able to live in harmony with each other, where they'll be singing and dancing. The needs of all of us will be taken care of by God. The work that will be done will be work that will be pleasing so that we can accomplish that which God wants. And we will do it together, working together in God's presence. The Bible begins in the Garden of Eden where Adam and Eve walked with God. It ends again in God's presence, fully reunited. 
And that is the thing that we want to make sure people grab from the text today. Are you ready for something good? God coming again to redeem and reconcile his people. And yes, maybe we'll get to see the one with the pierced hands shouting our name and clapping his hands because we are home at last. Blessings this week, doing the things that God wants us to do and rejoicing in the fact that something better is about to happen. Amen. Soon and very soon we are going to see the King. Soon and very soon we are going to see the King. Soon and very soon we are going to see the King. Alleluia, alleluia, we're going to see the King. No more crying there, we are going to see the King. No more crying there, we are going to see the King. No more crying there, we are going to see the King. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we're going to see the King. No more dying there, we are going to see the King. No more dying there, we are going to see the King. No more dying there, we are going to see the King. Hallelujah. Let's confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Lord, listen to your children pray. Lord, send your spirit in this place. Lord, listen to your children pray. Send us love, send us power.
with the whole body of Christ in all times and places, we pray for the church, the world, and all in need. <clears throat> we do not know the day or the hour of your return. In this time of in-between, make us ever mindful of all the ways in which you are present right now, that we might bear witness to your love and justice in the world. Eternal God, in mercy, hear our prayer. You expect us to bear the fruit that is good, even as we anticipate a good yield from our own planting. Cultivate and encourage us in what is right, so that we may not waste the precious place which we occupy on your bountiful planet. Eternal God, in mercy, hear our prayer. We pass time, count time, and even try to cheat time, yet nothing can save us from our inevitable end. Give us wisdom to spend what time we do have in gratitude toward you and in service toward our sisters and brothers. Eternal God, in mercy, hear our prayer. Comfort all who suffer loss of any kind, who mourn loved ones, or those compromised by illness or injury especially Kelsey Zamuda, Joyce Anderson, Jim Wade, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Lee and Maury Nicholson, Helen Erickson, Julie Dubois, Scott Morgan, Jean Hoisington, Matt Crera, Ida Martinson, Becky Anderson, Randy Goglin, Shirley Lenz, Helen Jorgensen, Dave Christensen, Dean Muse, and Ron Lee. Eternal God, in mercy, hear our prayer. Disaster may strike at any time and without warning or justification. Stop our mouths before we utter meaningless platitudes to those who suffer, and set us instead to the work of rebuilding and restoring your children to wholeness. Eternal God, in mercy, hear our prayer. The saints before us have shown what a true life truly lived looks like. Keep their example ever before us and join us in purpose and destiny. Eternal God, in mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, loving God, we lift all for whom we pray, confident in your grace and mercy, through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, your home congregation, the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors. Let us continue with the offering prayer. Gracious and holy God, bless these tithes and offerings we have given for the sake of the kingdom. Let the grace and generosity of the Father be the light that guides us, the compassion of the Son to be the love that inspires us, 
and the presence of the Spirit be the power that moves us. Amen. We now will take uh, communion and encourage you to join in this beautiful act that God has given us to share together. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, gave it to his disciples, eat it, and, and uh, this is my body broken for you. Do this as often as you eat it in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the wine and gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death and resurrection until he comes. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Take the bread or wafer, and as you eat it, hear the promise from Jesus, the body of Christ broken for you. Now take the wine or grape juice, and as you drink it, hear this promise from Jesus, the blood of Christ shed for you. Now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior strengthen you and preserve you unto life everlasting. Amen. Called to walk together as the body of Christ, let us abide with one another in peace. Thanks be to God. And now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Since I started for the kingdom, since my life he controls, since I gave my heart to Jesus, the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. The more that Each day is like heaven, my heart overflows. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. Every need he is supplying, plenteous grace he bestows.
to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amor, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. We are going to see the King Soon and very soon We are going to see the King Soon and